Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a weekly podcast that we have here at Del Norte County Schools and Del Norte County Unified School District, where I am able to meet with some folks within our district and in our county to have conversations about things that um, really, I think, impact what our students and our families and our community experience as part of the educational process. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm the county superintendent. Um, and today, joining us, we have two new additions to our team here at the district in the county office. Tara Kleiser and Tara is the director for early childhood education. And Julie Clark is our new director for nutrition services. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, so... Um, both of you are gluttons for punishment, which is why you took over a director position, right? Yes, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, and and not only going into a director position, but in a director position in a COVID year. Makes it a little more special. It yeah, does. That's right. And you know, you've got to start in the fire. It, it's a milestone. Yes. Everything after this is only smooth sailing. <laughs> so um, let's just start in no particular order. So... Again, Tara, you're coming in for early childhood ed. Julie, you're coming in for nutrition services. Um, I'll just say it like this. Where did you guys come from? <laughs> well, I came from here. The, um, the desk right on the other side of the door, right? The desk right outside the door where I've been for the last uh, almost seven and a half years. So I've been in the department really learning it for a long time now. From the inside out. From the inside out, yes. Yeah. Which has been, I think, a huge help to in, in taking over because I've already kind of seen what it's like. Well, and it's really complex, right? I mean, nutrition services, when people think nutrition services, I don't think they think about uh, the, the 12 school sites, all the delivery drivers, the food delivery, the delivery of mail, you know, right. material supplies, all those kind of things, plus managing kitchens and menus and procurement and Julie's doing yeah. So and why did I do this again? Thanks for reminding me of all the things I still need to go back to my office and do this afternoon. Um, but yes, it is, it is a very complex and involved position there. We have, um, I think when we're fully staffed, we have 42 employees. We're at all the school sites. Um, two central kitchens and then delivering food to all the school, school sites in addition to um, working with the bus drivers to transport meals on the full distance days to outlying areas. Um, we partner with the FRC to do the winter meal program. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I think if people don't know, Julie, you've, you've actually been part of, if they've ever looked at those menus that have come out, if they've ever looked at some of those things that come out in the newspaper that talk about delivery sites, you've put a lot of those together. I have. I've and done those, a lot of flyers. <laughs> so those quarter million meals that were served when folks knew where to get them, that was you. That's correct. All right. I also had the the pleasure of during the summer um, getting to go to the Wednesday farmer's market every Wednesday morning and hand out breakfasts. Oh, that's cool. It was, it was a pretty neat thing. Yeah. I yeah. like that. And so... Tara, you're joining us from um, the Talawa, an experience that's mm -hmm. not too far from what you're doing now. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Um, well, Julie is a hard act to follow, so I'm going <laughs> to um, try to hype myself up a little bit here. I was the director of Head Start. You can Start. ask her to step outside. If exactly. You don't. <laughs> I need some. I need. I need my own spotlight right now. I'm feeling 
It's all not, you, Taurus. Not as shimmery. Um, I was the director of Head Start out at the Tolawadini Nation. So I did that for two years. Well, I guess I was the director for one year, but I was on site for two years as the education coordinator and all the other things. Um, and so I kind of know a little bit about directing. This is a different ball game, just a little bit with the different school sites. And then, um, but I'm ready for it and I'm prepared and I know a lot of what I'm doing. I just need to learn everything else. Yeah. And again, I, I think that a lot of our folks may not understand the depth and the complexity that, that you've stepped into because um, the Talawa Dini run a Head Start program. Yes. And as a district, we run state preschools. We run an infant toddler Head Start program. We also run a district-funded private preschool out at Smith River. And um, then there's a lot of, I think, a lot of connections that we also have with First Five and FRC and the um, local planning council yes, and all those other yes. things. Yeah, a lot. And then your early Head Start doesn't actually function as a Head Start. So that's a more information to learn. Your, EH, you, your EHS partnership is uh, layered. And so I've never right. dealt with a layered program before. So I'm getting my feet wet with that as well. So, well, welcome, both of you. You've Thank got you. a lot of fun things ahead of you. I do, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. So so for both of you, what, what drew you to want to apply for these jobs? I mean, you know, I, I think it's a great place to be. It's a great system to work in. Uh, sometimes folks, you know, think that our district or our schools or our, um, uh, our organization maybe is not the best it could be. And I know from my superintendent role, when I'm out throughout the state, when I'm talking to people from around, I always get the question, oh my gosh, how are you guys doing that? What are you doing? What does that look like? Um, what drove me here was really the potential to, well, the potential, the potential to do all kinds of stuff. But what brought you to the positions? I would have to say the same thing, the potential. Uh, the Head Start and at the, at the Talawa is very small. And so here I step into a kind of a, a bigger, grandiose, more, you know, role that I'm really, I was really ready to take on more than what I was doing out mm -hmm. there. And so I did see the potential and see that, again, you get the questions of, well, you're going where? You know, and I'm going, I can do it. Like, watch me. And so uh, <laughs> one of those things is I can do it. And so I just want everybody to watch me, watch me do it. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, one of the big pushes that we've had is universal preschool in Del Norte County. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I know that that's coming. And because we do see a lot of families who do not get to to participate in preschool. And so we see a lot of our littles. I call them littles. I've always called them littles. Uh, they kind of fall through the cracks a little bit. You know, and those are the kids who we still want everybody to get a little bit of socialization, a little bit of social emotional stability before we move on to kindergarten, because that's not only going to help the child, that's going to help the teacher, that's going to help the entire environment once right. a child gets in there. Um, I always call my three-year-olds my uh, home people. And so one of our jobs that I like to say in ECE is that we, we turn home people into school people. And so I feel like every child needs that opportunity to become a school person before right. they go off into kindergarten and become actual school people. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, and, you know, and that's what we hear a lot from our kindergarten staff is they are it's absolutely wonderful if a child comes in and they know letters and they know colors and they know shapes. And they know those things. Um, but if they know how to be a student, that. I think checks off so many of the boxes. It does. That they need students to be able to come in and be able to participate in order to start engaging with those kind of um, grade level standards that didn't necessarily exist until 
maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So the transition between early childhood ed and TK kindergarten is vastly different than I think most of our parents experienced. And uh, one thing that I like to tell my parents, too, is because even though they want their children to learn how to spell their first name and their last name and know all of their letters, um, that's not what early what early you know education is what we do is we help children uh, be able to call out what their feelings are we cannot teach a child who doesn't know that he's upset right. and so um, what we do is we instill that emotional social emotional stability for the children so that they can even function to even learn to open up to being able to learn and so uh, one of the things conversations that I have with my parents is uh, you know your children aren't going to Harvard from this program so <laughs> what I need you to understand is what we're doing, uh, setting what kind of base we're setting for your children to go into the school system. We want them to learn how to make friends and keep friends. Right. That's a really, you know, those kinds of connections are what's going to help your child carry on and maybe deal with some of the bigger issues when they arrive uh, later in life. You know, who knows what's going to happen, but we want to make sure that your child knows how to say it, what they're feeling and deal with it in a, in a measured response that's not um, biting or punching, which is what we get <laughs> sometimes <laughs> in preschool. You just never know. You never know. Uh, 2.9s to 4s are, uh, you know, they're just, they're 2.9 to 4. So right. you just never know what kind of emotions you're going to get. And so that's what I always like to promote is our social emotional stability at that age, um, as well as academics, but not so much on the academics, more more so uh, back on that emo social emotional stability that we want to put in there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So Julie, what about yes. you? Yes. Well, um, it it wasn't a hard choice to right. decide to apply for the director position. Having been the secretary for nutrition services for the last seven and a half years, just a little bit less than I started just after Deb did. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've really been a part of the growing and changing nutrition program, which has really grown and really changed. It really has. Yeah. If you look back to what it was seven and a half years ago, you wouldn't recognize it from what it is today. Right. It's a completely different animal now. You know, we, in a normal year, we have salad bars in every school. We have a huge summer meal program that feeds, a, you know, an amazing amount of students. Um, so having watched it morph over the years, it wasn't a hard decision to want to take that on and kind of continue the change and the growth that's been happening. Right. And well, and I'll say again, it really is. It's kind of continuing that, that, that track of our nutrition services becoming a, which we have been a nationally recognized award-winning program, a state model program, um, just really something I think for our community to be proud of. It's pretty great. I mean, just we've been recognized multiple times with the Sunshine Award from the state for our summer program. Um, and, and my goal is really just to continue that kind of growth and that kind of, of support and, and make us a program worth recognizing at that level. So I think that's an interesting question too. If your goal is to kind of do that, what, what might that look like? And Tara, well, I'll ask you the same thing here in a, in a, in a bit, kind of in the next six months, I mean, we're in this weird COVID space right now, right? We're not going to see salad bars back in by February. Um, but if, if everything went back to, let's just say a relatively normal year starting in August, 
Um, what might you want to really push as, as a goal of the program? Well, I mean, I have a hard time seeing past what we're doing right now, right. because my goal on a daily basis is to just make sure we're feeding our students, um, that we're providing food as far and wide across the county as we can, because we can't expect kids to learn and excel if they're not eating, if mm -hmm. they're not getting meals, if they're not getting the energy that their bodies need to be able to focus in school. Um, but really, I, I want salad bars back in schools. I think providing fresh vegetables that the kids can pick every day mm -hmm. is a huge thing. And I want that back, um, which I mean, it, it's not going to happen for a while. Um, I would like to also see kind of a little more of the farm to school um, program mm -hmm. and a little bit more of that here. We do. We have in the past done a good job of, you know, we buy apples from the Fieldbrook Valley Apple Farm down in Humboldt. We've gotten cherry tomatoes from Seabreeze Farms down in Klamath. We buy carrots from Ocean Air Farms. So we've done a lot of that. Um, in the past, um, Crescent Elk had a student garden and we would actually purchase the lettuce that the students were growing to put on the salad bar. So I really would like to try and find ways to pull that in again and get, I think it's a really great thing for the oh, kids yeah. to be outside growing tomatoes and lettuce and then to see it on the salad bar. I mean, the pride I have when I'm personally like growing and canning things at home and providing it to my friends and family to eat, why can't, it would be great for the kids to feel that. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, you, you mentioned that in a few years ago, we had the greenhouse reinstalled out of Smith River School and <laughs> uh, the preschool, I don't know if you know this, Tara, but the preschool program out at Smith River um, have actually partnered with the older kids out there. And then what they'll do is they've got like a salsa garden. Oh, really? Where they, where they'll grow the vegetables and make the salsa. I know that Sunset actually has a couple of gardens. So they have right. a high school garden and then they have a preschool garden. And that right. I learned about that usually apparently is flourishing when it's supposed to. And so the children are allowed to go out there and pick vegetables as well at the Sunset. Oh, yeah. No, it, and it, it's really kind of cool because, you know, I've been down to Klamath and I've seen kids out there picking zucchinis that are longer than their arms. Um, and uh, Mountain's got a beautiful garden and some of those other things. And so, you know, that fresh fruit and vegetable piece really does resonate with our kids quite a bit. I think more so than a lot of parents sometimes think it does because at, at home, getting that child to eat that carrot or whatever it is is one thing. But at school... We have to stop them from grabbing more carrots and right it, it's more than they're amazing. serving. Yeah, and and that's the cool thing about the salad bars too is you know we we throw different things on there. We throw garbanzo beans. Kids love garbanzo beans. A friend of Who mine, knew? a friend of mine called and said, <laughs> "Are you really putting garbanzo beans on the salad bar?" I was like, "Well, yeah," and because she had pulled some out for dinner and was assuming her son wouldn't eat them, and he ate like the whole thing of garbanzo beans, and she's like, "I didn't know he'd even ever had them." Yeah, I'm like, "No, it's a salad bar," and you know, jicama. Kids love jicama sticks. Who would have thought? But it's it's those types of things, and you know, we encourage them if it's something they've never seen before, try a bite. You never know if you're going to like it until you try it. That's yeah, very cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Tara, what what would you be looking at? You know, as we as we kind of plan for next semester, what what might be some goals that you would have? Full enrollment. Yes. Yes, I would like all of my babies to come into preschool and get some education before they go off into the big wild blue yonder. I am definitely that weird person in a grocery store. If I see a toddler, I ask them, "Is he in school? Is she in school? You know, is there something I can do to get you in school?" And they're like, "Oh, I didn't know there's." 
this resource. So there's so many parents so, who don't know. So we need to get you a T-shirt that says, hi, I'm Tara. Yes, I'm in charge of I'm not weird. <laughs> I, I actually I love children in the good way. <laughs> So definitely. But uh, usually the kids are just they're very open. I just smile really big and I'm like, hi. And they, you know, wave back. And then I can open conversation with mom. As soon as I get the kid, I can go from conversation with mom. And so I'm definitely always out there uh, promoting, trying to get kids into a program. So I'm going to do everything I can in the next few months to try to get um, with Michael and get some stuff out there. Uh, I want to do radio. I want to do anything I can to start opening preschool. My main goal is for Full preschool. I can't wait for preschool for all to hit. And that way, I think our classrooms will be really full by then. I do think that a big barrier is that income, that income restraint, because uh, especially at the federal level, when we're looking at the early Head Start, I can go really deep into this if we want to. I've gone rounds with with Head Start on DC about this. (laughs) So uh, it's a really big uh, thorn in my side, that income requirement, just because it does eliminate a lot of children from getting into preschool. So yeah, my main goal is full enrollment. I want to see full enrollment. And I, you may not know this being new to the position, but, um, you know, we, we've got a bunch of folks that listen to these podcasts and I don't know if our community knows, we have talked about developing a paid preschool. Okay. Um, and so I think as we kind of think to the future, you know, uh, we would all be open to families giving us ideas, giving suggestions, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. The preschool at Smith River is a district preschool because Smith River did not have uh, a state preschool and we're paying for that particular program out of LCAP money. So, which is really for uh, low income and English learners Mm -hmm. was the focus there. So uh, I think, you know, we do have some opportunities for growth. And of course, we've got some great partners too. And you had mentioned um, Family Resource Center, uh, we do a lot with Child Care Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, under my counting hat, we actually do the um, local Child Care Planning Council. So there's a lot of different things that are available um, for our kids and our families out there. There are there are a lot of home home based as well, and I would right. say just anyone school center based home based anyone just put your child somewhere so that they can start learning. Get that experience. Get that experience out there. So, you know, if we if we think about where we are, where we want to go, um, what what word of advice or what piece of wisdom would you have for families from your perspective within the school system regarding nutrition or early childhood ed? This being your your first kind of out there statement. What, what do you want to let folks know? I would like personally for for families to ask questions. I know that uh, we have a lot of families who don't try for preschool because they don't think they can make it, you know, financially or income wise. And so I would like for families to ask a lot of questions, ask the call, ask me questions, you know, um, make sure that you're getting, you're well informed and uh, making that decision so that you're not assuming that your child's not going to get in when your child definitely could have, you know, we have a lot of those parents when I ask, is he in preschool? And they go, I don't think we could qualify. And I go, oh no, come and ask, you know, try, try, come out here. Um, put your, your, you know, put yourself out there and I will help you as much as I possibly can in getting your child placed somewhere. Um, honestly, I will, especially uh, just because I do feel there's a reason why I went into EC and it's because I absolutely love it to my core. It's, it's everything. It's all I am. And so I do strive really, I work really hard for my families and my staff as well. And so I do kind of want, you know, just families just to come in and ask a bunch of questions. I will always answer everything. I'm always available. My door is always open. Cool. Julie. I think as far as nutrition goes, I've heard from 
people over the years. Oh, well, we don't go pick up lunches because we don't really need them. And we feel like we'd be taking away from someone who does need it. And that's not how nutrition works. Right. That's not how school nutrition works. It's nutrition for everyone. It's breakfast and lunch for everyone, whether you have plenty of food at home or whether you have no food at home. It has nothing to do with that. Right. We aim to feed all kids every day. If we provided a meal to every student every day, we would be so busy and so happy. Well, and I think that bring you know, that also has to, though, be driven by a real partnership with families, because mm-hmm. under the community Absolutely. eligibility program, we're able to provide those meals to every family, every family, breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. And for kids who are staying for after school, that includes the the dinner, mm-hmm. the supper and snack after school. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that our families need to remember, though, is we do ask them to do one thing for us. And that is complete the fair share survey. That's right. Which is a critical piece of paperwork. Um, And over the next in the next school year, my goal is really to talk to parents and families and change the way the fair share survey is viewed. It is commonly referred to as the lunch application. Um, However, it isn't it's not really a, it's, an application. It's, it, well, it's not an application and it's not just about lunch. Right. Our free and reduced percentage does speak to students who receive benefits and apply, qualify for free and reduced meals. Yes, that's correct. However, our free and reduced percentage drives so many other things in our district. Oh, yeah. Well, just again, if folks don't know, there's something that's part of our funding mechanism called supplemental and concentration. And we get additional funds for students who are coming from low-income families, who are English learners, or who are in foster care. And that income verification form, the higher the percentage um, of families who are are in a low-income situation, the more funding that we get to be able to provide more services for students who um, are disadvantaged. Exactly. And that's why I've, I've been striving you know, for the last seven and a half years, really, to get 100% completion on fair share surveys. Mm-hmm. We've never gotten there. Um, I've really tried to emphasize in the last couple of years, the fair share survey isn't about your student. Mm-hmm. Completing the fair share survey is about caring for all of our students in the right. district. It's about everyone. Yes, it's a piece of paper that comes home for you to fill out and to put your information on. But completing that information benefits everyone. Right. And that's what I really want to drive home. And of course, we have the online online fair share survey, which if you don't enjoy the piece of paper, please feel free to go online. You can go to dnusd.org slash food to see it or on the delnortnutrition.org website. Or you can ask your school site secretary for information about how to get to that. Yep. Or there are paper copies available. Or, or there are paper copies everywhere. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you both for coming in today. Um, it was I. It was good to have a conversation. Um, I hope that everybody out there who may listen to this podcast, if you've got questions about early childhood ed, if you've got questions about nutrition, um, you heard Tara say it. I know Julie's of the same mind. They are very, very, very available, open. They want to answer questions. They want to have those conversations. Um, you can get a hold of either one of them by going to dnusd.org. And then kind of digging around those websites, there's a lot of stuff in there. 
um, under families, under um, um, departments, uh, or you can just call 464-6141 and we will make sure that you are um, given the right extension or put through to the right extension to get a hold of somebody that can answer your questions. So Tara, Julie, thank you so much for taking some time to do this today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And um, we'll be hearing from you both soon. 